chapter number 11 verse 30 to 35 Daniel chapter 11 verse 30 to 35 for ships from Cyprus shall come against him therefore he shall be grieved and return in rage against the holy covenant and do damage so he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the holy covenant the forces shall be mastered by him and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and shall and place there the abomination of desolation those who do wickedly against the covenant shall corrupt with flattery but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And, they, and those of you who understand shall instruct many, yet for many days they shall fall by the sword and flame, by captivity and plundering. Now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help but many shall join with them by intrigue. And some of those who understand shall fall to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end, because it is still for the appointed time. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. Now, this is a little picture of what is to come hallelujah the scripture is this is a prophecy by prophet daniel he was prophesying and he said that ships from cyprus shall come and they shall grieve they they, they will the the leader of the world will be grieved and this person will come with rage against the house of god and defile the sanctuary fortress and they shall take away the daily sacrifice. Hallelujah. I am sure you can see that it has begun. That daily sacrifice in schools have been taken away. When we were younger, there was school assembly or school de morning devotion in every school. Hallelujah. Every school, whether it's a Catholic or it's a... Anglican or whatever type of school, there's a morning devotion of about 15 to 20 minutes, isn't it? Where scripture is read, a word is shared, and prayer is said. Before we go to our classroom to have classes, are you with me? But now, that has no more the story. Almost the whole world, almost the whole world, nowhere has service, except for a few schools. Everywhere else, there is no service in the morning. Isn't that right? Yeah. And you can see that now the system is aiding in selling of churches, church building. Pastor, Pastor uh, Kieran was just telling me that there's a church that we're trying to look at buying in Hull. And somehow they sold the church to a, a mosque. The Muslims got it. Instead of selling it to a church... This is a church selling the sanctuary to 
a mosque, whereas other ch uh, churches were vying for the same building. Hallelujah. In fact, the church now is competing with carpet shops. We are competing with mosques. We are competing with the uh, Sikh temples. Sikhs for the buildings that the church of England and Anglican church, uh, what do you call it, the Methodist church, are getting rid of. The church is just right down at the middle of the prime area of the Stanley Lee Road has been sold to a carpet shop. It's a huge church building in a very, very prime area. It's a carpet shop. Are you with me? So the daily sacrifices have been taken away. And you see, once the house of God is taken away, the Bible says that desolation is what replaces it. And it's because the people of the house of God do not have a certain understanding. He says that, and the forces, verse 31, forces shall be mastered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifice and place the, the abomination of desolation. Those who do wickedly against the covenant shall corrupt with flattery. They will give you a lot of nice reasons and nice words while the house of God should not be used for it. The covenant of God. Why, why the house of God should become apartments. There's a church that we're looking at when we first came to Leeds that we wanted to buy off the belly uh, road going towards the city center. Went to see it about two or three times. Before I knew it, they had sold it to developers and they put about seven or eight flats in that church building. Yes, I don't know whether you've seen it. They are selling churches and developers are buying it. Mosques are buying. The central mosque of, of uh, what do you call it, Bali, used to be a, a Catholic church. The Grand Mosque, there. I don't know whether you've seen it. Just on the other side of the road. It used to be a, a Catholic church. I was in this, this town when it was a Catholic church. And they sold it to the Muslims. And now it's the Grand Mosque. Hallelujah. Amen. And you see, he says that in the midst of all this, there's a but. Verse 32. We are looking at verse 32. He says that those who do wickedly against the covenant shall corrupt with flattery, but, somebody say but. There's a, can you see the but? But the people who know their God shall be what? Strong and they shall do exploits. Hallelujah. Not just exploits, they shall do great exploits. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about the grace for doing exploits in ministry. The grace... For doing exploits in ministry. Hallelujah. We have already said that grace is God's enabling power that he puts on people who are undeserving. God decides to uh, put his power or his uh, uh, support on people who are weak. People who are less able. Amen. 
in 1 Corinthians 1, 27, going, he says that he has chosen the foolish things of this world. He has chosen to put his grace in the weak things, in the base things of this world, to confound the strong, to confound those who are mighty. Hallelujah. God has decided that he's going to grace the people who others do not regard. Hallelujah. In the same way in the house of God, but God has chosen the foolish things, First uh, Corinthians 1.27, God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the things that are wise, and he has chosen the weak things, hallelujah, of the world to put the, to shame the things which are mighty. You see, this guy is, is bringing shifts from Cyprus. He's returning against the house of God. He's selling the house of God. He has a lot of strength. He has a lot of power. He has a lot of might. Amen. But, somebody say but. In the midst of all the weakness, in the midst of all the supposed, uh, what do you call it, defeat of the house of God, they that know their God, they shall be graced with the power to do great exploits. Hallelujah. And the definition of exploits is doing, I just googled it. It says that Carrying out bold and daring feats, despite a series of colorful, he says that doing daring feats, um, making the full, let me give you, I, I wrote a couple of definitions, let me give you them before we go on. So, carrying out something that is no extraordinary, hallelujah. Carrying out extraordinary achievements for God, hallelujah. Carrying out extraordinary achievement. How many know of some great feats that have been carried on by human beings? The human beings have de designed, uh, what do you call it, a vehicle that takes you to the moon. It's a e great exploit, isn't it? They have designed... Uh, submarines that take, can take you to the depths of the, the sea. Hallelujah. All these things are extraordinary exploits that human beings have designed. An exploit is a heroic deed of achievement. Amen. It is... So if somebody says that I'm exploiting talents, what is he saying? He's saying that he is going to bring out the total benefits of the talent inside the person. Hallelujah. Amen. God empowers, God's empowering presence enables us to create things that are, have never been created, things that are extraordinary things that boggles the mind. Hallelujah. And it's, it's amazing that we as human beings, we always want to achieve the maximum we can achieve in life. How many uh, agree with me? You want to achieve, you want to be the richest, you want to be the first millionaire in your family, you want to be the one that builds the greatest house in your family. How many have that dream? You want to be the one that is the best out of your family. 
You want to be the one that achieves the most out of your family. We all have that dream that one, one day want to become the best of. But it's so amazing that when we come to the house of God, that grace for exploit is not something we quite readily embrace. How many understand what I'm saying? We don't think of doing exploits in ministry. It is not a natural thing that we think. In fact, when we see that somebody is doing exploits, we clap for them. But it is not our dream. How many agree with what I'm saying? You see a pastor doing something great. Or you see a, an evangelist that hosts a crusade. Like uh, 100 million people are there. And there's a lot of great uh, uh, exploits going on. It's like something you read and say, oh, they are doing well. You guys are doing a good job. But it's not something you dream about. You know, a, a group of young people take over the university and they are doing a lot of things and it's like they are the talk of the town. Everybody's talking about them. It's like, oh, wow, these guys are doing fantastic. But for you, it's not your dream. How many know what I'm talking about? So I came for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. That the fact that you are weak, the fact that you don't have a heart to achieve anything makes you a prime candidate for God's grace. We just read that he takes the foolish. He takes the weak. Amen. So the fact that in your own mind, in your own heart, you don't think you can achieve anything, it, you, it makes you a prime candidate for God. Now, think about the Hebrew boys, the small Hebrew boys, slaves. They were three slaves that were picked as part of a few slaves. Amen. They picked a few young men and the king decided these are uh, people, the Babylonians came for them and they took Israel, the, all the youngsters, they picked a few candidates. They said, they were going to train you in history, in psychology, in biology, in all sorts of astrology and everything and then you guys will serve the king. Amen. So the three Hebrew boys decided that we are going to do the work you want us to do, but we are not going to eat the food that the king provides. Allow us to decide what we are going to eat. You give all the nice food to the rest of the other candidates, but for us, just give us what we want. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that uh, all these three Hebrew boys, after a while, when the eunuchs and their trainers and the handlers looked at them, they realized these guys stood out. How I many know what I'm talking about? You know the story. They stood out amongst all the people, candidates, and they were blessed with wisdom. And they went out and carried exploits. Hallelujah. To the point that they made, they, there was an attempt to try and sabotage these three guys. And they came to the king and said, listen, we are not going to bow and worship any bow. We are not going to do that. If you like, do whatever you want to do. But let it be known to you that we have a God. Somebody say, we have a God. It tells you that these guys knew their God. Hallelujah. They that know their God. You, you, they that know your, their God. Now, that scripture we, we just read, let's go back to it. Uh, Daniel chapter um, 11, verse 32. The, the B part, it says that they that know their God, they shall be strong and 
carry out what? Great exploits. So, in order to carry out great exploits, number one, you must first know your God. It's not enough to know about God, but you must know God. Amen. To know about somebody is not the same as to know somebody. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. I remember once I went to the barbers, and as soon as I sat down, somebody told another person, I've been going to this same barbers for years. They never knew I was a pastor. I never ever told anybody I was a pastor. But one day I entered the barber shop, and then somebody told the person next to him that this is my pastor. And to be honest with you, I don't know the person. I honestly do not know this young man. He smiled. You know, and I've come to master this. When somebody looks at you and have a certain smile, I also, mm, because you never know. I don't want to be rude. The other day I was in the pharmacy, and then, oh, pastor. I said, oh, hello, how are you? It's been a while. Hi, it's Lady Pastor. Is everything okay? I will come and visit. It's been a while, but I will come. So I have that. I say, oh, it's been a while. Because I, it could be like I saw you yesterday. I don't know you. Hallelujah. So it's okay to know somebody, know about somebody, but you don't know the person. Because to know the person, you must have a certain relationship. Hallelujah. Let's move from knowing about God. You can never carry out exploits by just merely knowing about him. Hallelujah. We have to move from knowing about him to get to know him for ourselves. To have an intimate relationship with him. They that know their God, they that have a relationship with their God, they shall carry out exploits. Hallelujah. How do you know somebody? You must interact with the person. And you must move from one level of interaction to another level of interaction to another level of interaction until you become intimate. Amen. Otherwise, you know, there are some people when you we look at them, you know even what they are thinking. There's, you know, because you know each other so well, you can have telepathic communication. Hallelujah. In Job chapter 22, verse 21, it says, And now acquaint yourself with him. And be at peace. Thereby, good will come to you. Acquaint yourself with God. Acquaint yourself with him. Hallelujah. Acquaint yourself. The, the word acquaint yourself is what? What does it mean? Familiarize yourself. Engage yourself. Become more than just, hi, hello. Are, are you with me? How many have developed friendship over the last few months with somebody? And your friendship, you, you know the person very, very well now. But until like a few months ago, a, a year ago, you didn't know the person. How did you develop? How, so Samuela and, uh, and Destiny, how did you come to become close started by just being hello high. Then move from hello high to talking. 
and then you move from just talking to like talking for hours, and then you you spend the night in the same house. You get to know each other. Now you know everything about them. They know everything about you. There's a there's an intimate, a certain intimate relationship that now even when you look at each other, you know exactly what the next person is thinking about. Hallelujah. That is why the scripture says, acquaint yourself with him. Acquaint yourself with God. Be more than just casual friends. Hallelujah. Get to a place where you and God, you have a certain bond. Am I making sense? How can you have that bond? How can you have that bond? You can only have that bond, number one, when you spend Time in communion with him. Most of the time, our interaction with God is so brief. Hallelujah. Our interaction with the word of God is so brief. How long do you spend in prayer? So brief. I mean, the, the reason why our God classes us as the bride, class the church, you and I as, as his bride, is just to give us an indication of the depth of relationship that we should have with him. You can never be a husband or a wife to somebody that you, don't, you barely know. Uh, you get what I'm saying? That relationship must move from just casual friends, hello friends, move to good friends, then go to from good friends to special friends. Now everybody knows that your relationship with the person is different from every other person. So now you are the official boyfriend, official girlfriend. So now your relationship is different from every... So, now the type of communication you have with the person is different from the, the same communication you have with other people. Are you, you can't call somebody your girlfriend and you have the same number of calls as you have with another girl or three other girls. Then, the, then you are a suspect. Are you thinking? Then you become a suspect. Like I say that this girl is my girlfriend. I call her twice a day. But this girl is also my friend. I call her twice a day. Then this girl is also my friend. I call her twice again. And this hey, are you okay? No. She, she's saying that she won't allow it. Because if I am your certified girlfriend, then my call with you should be more than anybody else's call. And it should be longer. Are you with me? I, I am trying to. Shh, shh, shh. I am trying to get you to know how to do exploits. Mm. Hey, hey. Exploit are you with me? I, I will bring it to exploits in life, but I've, now I'm talking about exploits in ministry. No. I, I, am, I am talking about having a certain relationship with God. That is intimate. It takes a longer time. 
I don't think I've ever spoken to any human being more than I've spoken to my wife. When I was courting her, we used to talk throughout the night. We talked from 4, 10 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. Then we go and take a shower and go to work. I, I, oh, oh, don't go far. We are talking. No, no, don't spam my message, please, Pastor Sam. Please, don't spam my message. No, no, Pastor Sam. Please. I'm trying to let you see the depth of intimacy. Are you with me? You have to, you have to move from just casual platonic to a certain you know like when you start breathing together you are just because there's nothing to talk about it's like oh are you there you two are you there okay count 10 and put the phone down then count up to 10 then the, everybody's quiet they say you drop it first no you two drop it first no you called me so you have to drop it no I called then it starts another argument that goes for another two hours then they come back to, you put the phone down, you put the phone down. Oh, don't spoil my message. Listen, listen to the message. Listen to the message. Don't miss calls like that. Because you can have the same calls with God. That is what I am trying to drive you to where you have a certain call with God, where you don't have to go and say, oh, Father, I need. You see, that Father, I need type of relationship is not a relationship. How many have that type of relationship with your parents? You only go to them because you need something. That relationship is not a good relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anytime you are talking to your dad, it's because you need something. But you see, there are certain type of children, they'll come and lie in bed with you. They just want to hang around with you. There's, not, there's no agenda. They don't need anything. No hidden, no hidden agenda. They don't want anything. They just want to just chill. They just want to chill with you. And then you start talking. Then to move from talking about this, to talking about that, to talking about this, to talking about that, to go to girlfriend, to go to work, to go to business, to go to uh, something that happened, like you're talking about nonsense, and then come back to serious things, then you go back to funny things, then go to jokes. It's agenda-free type of conversation. Before you realize that you've been hanging around maybe for like six, seven hours, it's, it's agenda-free. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? I'm talking about father-son relationship or father-daughter relationship. But other children don't have that relationship. They, 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 ne- they will never dream of lying on the same bed with their dad for, for no reason. When they, if, if you get me to sit on your bed, I need something. That is how, we, that's how some of us are. Our relationship with our, our God, our father, is we come close only because we need something. If we don't need anything, forget about you. If you are guilty, say, mm. Hallelujah. 
You can never ever do exploits if you have a, that type of relationship with God. When you only come because you need something. Don't let me leave empty handed. It's a song. It means, Lord, I've come. Don't let me leave empty handed. So long as I'm here, give me something. No, that's a bad relationship. You will never ever carry out exploits if you have that relationship with, with any father. There are some fathers that will keep, will tell their secrets to the, some of their son, children and will not tell others. Because of the relationship they have with them. Hallelujah. There's, there's a scripture in John chapter 15. He says that, I think verse, verse 16, he says that, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Hallelujah. I do not call you servants. I call you friends. Because a friend knows what the friends share their secret. Have you found that scripture? 15, 16. 15, 15. Sorry, 15, 15. It says that no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what the master Master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I've heard from the Father, I have made known to you. You know, when your father becomes your friend, then they can share secrets with you. I was talking to somebody this is a while ago that. Oh, you are my spiritual dad. You are my spiritual dad. I say, no, no, no. Never ever call me your spiritual dad. I'm not your spiritual dad. So they got very offended. I said, no, you are not. I said, no, you got really offended. Then I, I pulled out my phone. Then I said, I have a son who is my natural son. Look at my phone log. So I'm going to give you the same thing. Look at my phone log. Just go scroll for the next, however, and see which, which person cost me the most. Have you found, what's the name? So you, you look on my you scroll list about... 70% of my calls is him. And you, you can check on my phone. And it's not because of any... Sometimes it calls just to talk nonsense. <laughs> you know? It's just calls. Because when you have a friend, sometimes you call, it's like, I've just seen something passing on the road. There's something happening there. And then they put the phone down. There's, One day, my, my, my neighbor was passing, and he engaged him in a conversation. He said, they just been to the doctors that the dog has got diabetes. And so he has to change the diet for the dog. 
And the neighbor was very, very upset, you know, and very, you know. And, and, and it's like, as soon as they, they left, he called me. Ha, 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 I said, what happened? So the neighbor's dog has got diabetes. <laughs> and it's like, he just, you see, he was looking at the funny side of this neighbor's serious problem. Very serious matter. And the, the neighbor was almost in tears. You know, talking about how they have to nest this diabetic dog. But you see, how many of you will call your father to talk about the neighbor's, the neighbor's dog that has diabetes? Are you understand what I'm saying? In the same way, now flip it. Not just your natural father, God. The neighbor's dog has got diabetes. Let's talk about it and laugh. How many have gone to pray and laugh with God before? I, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, you go, you, something funny has happened. You are calling God to tell him. It's not something you do. Because you don't think you can relate to with God to that extent. But God is asking you to relate with me to that extent. The Bible talks about Enoch. Enoch was a man that related with so much with God that he did not see death. God could not allow him to go through death. Because when you, when you love somebody, when you, are, you have a relationship with somebody, you, 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 they are the first thing that you think about. Are you with me? They are the first person you think about. The first, anything you think, anything nice, you think about them first. Are you getting what I'm saying? Abraham was described as a friend of God to the point that God was going to destroy Sodom. He couldn't do it without telling him, this is my plan. Can we have a certain relationship with God that he can tell us his plans before he does it? To do exploits, we have to move our relationship with him to that point. Move past, oh Lord, I need When you go to him, it's always serious. You know, my relationship with my father was very, very serious. When I knock, it is, yes, dad, no, dad, yes, sir, no, sir. He didn't go past it. There was never a conversation. It was, he asked a question, you answer. No, no, no. There's no way I can go to my father. The neighbor's dog has got diabetes. Let's discuss. No. We can't talk about that. I mean, my father was just... Oh, that, the neighbor's dog. Stupid ass. <laughs> That's my father's one insult. Stupid ass. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, we need to go past... You know, and and you see, intimacy is not just talking. Sometimes being available to listen. Being available to listen. See, somebody that listens to your story, you get close to them. See, with my father, for most of the time, all the kids... 
didn't have any relationship with him. So he was a very lonely man. It was only when I grew and I became older, more mature, that I realized that this man was a very lonely man. So I'll go and sit by him. And then we start talking. Just ask questions. You know, it's like, oh, so how did you start life? And these are stories that he had hidden inside of him all these years. Never ever told anybody. Then he started telling me stories. How he moved from this, you know, when he started, he was doing this work, then he went to here, then did this, did that, did it, then we moved to this city, then they served this man, then moved to this place, went to serve this man, then moved here, did this for this person, did that, and this man introduced him to this man, and this man introduced him, and this is this man who gave him opportunity to do this and to do that, and he went and he did this for this. Oh, wow. So he started talking. Now, because I had that listening, I became his favorite before he died. But before, he didn't have any, nobody goes to, you know, my father, the house is like two houses in one. And he is here. Nobody goes there. Either you are summoned <laughs> for punishment or you are going to give him his food or you are going to collect his plates. And you see sometimes when you are collecting the plates, you see your hands are shaking because I remember one day I was collecting the plates, I was shaking because I just gone to play football and I'd come and I had some saw. So I knew that when he sees the saw, he's going to ask what happened. And when I say I want to play football, that would be some beatings. And I was not ready for the beatings. And I was trying to hide the saw. So I was trying to walk in a certain way that he won't see. And before I knew it, the plates came down, fell, and broke. So that brought the beatings. And the beatings that I was trying to avoid, I had to collect. <laughs> And I was, I, was, uh, I was being beaten. Then he saw the saw. Then he said, you went to play football again. After I told him not to play football, then I, that was another. Hallelujah. You must be a certain age to understand the relationship that I'm talking about. I think it's only Reverend William that understands the relationship I'm talking about. Because the rest of you, you see, you, you guys, you are millennial. So your, by then, your parents were cooler. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think you know the type of parents some of us had. These were very angry people. No, no, they were angry for no reason. My father was an angry man. The whole area, everybody knew the sound of his car. When the car turns... About three junctions away, you see everybody jumping the wall. I mean, everybody is jumping the wall. Some people are reading books upside down. Some people are pretending to sleep. Ah, I don't, I don't think you are. I mean, my father will stop the car and beat somebody's child. And continue driving. And if you go home, and you tell your father that my father beat you, 
your father will beat you and bring you to my father and beat you in front of him again. I don't think you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, the area, the area we grew up, I grew up in, they were all friends and all colleagues. Are you with me? So everybody was uncle, everybody was auntie. You see, I could go to any house in that area to eat and play. Because everybody was uncle. And when I say uncle, not like some uncle just by name. No, no. It's my father's colleague. It's my father's friend. It's my mother's friend. They are colleagues. Are you with me? So let's say uh, uh, you're walking in town with a girl. You're holding a girl. And he's driving. And he sees you. Hey, Derek, come here. Who is that? Pa, 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 pa. In front of the guy, that's not a problem. No, no, it's not related by blood. It's like you collect. You collect. And then when you go home, you have to report yourself because definitely the uncle will come in. You know, so you have to report. And when you report, you see, you have to try and plead your case. He was just my friend. You collect. Then they'll bring you to my house. And in front of my father, you collect a few more. So it was better for you, whether you have done something wrong or not, jump. Some people will jump into a, a, a neighbor's house. You are, you are walking on the way, and you see my father's car coming. You see, they will jump into a neighbor's house just to avoid the car. Then they will jump back up. And you jump, and then the doctor will dribble you. Then we have a, a certain run, run around. But it's better to run around, take your chance with the dog, than take your chance with my father. Everybody should call him Bobert. Bobert is coming. Hey! I remember once we had a lot of coconut trees. And then this guy came. So we, we called him because he could climb. Because, oh, our father is gone away. He's gone to Tema. He's gone to the harbor. So he's not coming just yet. So this guy went up. He said, Are you sure your father is oh, He's not coming. So he was up there plucking the coconuts. And then a man came with his car and packed. We that went to call him, we all scattered. <laughs> so he was on top of the tree with the coconuts dropping. And my father came to stand underneath. Then I was seeing a boy that I said, Come down. <laughs> the boy didn't know that to stay up there or to come down. <laughs> that day they beat him like a thief. And he couldn't. He couldn't grasp any of us that we were to, because hey, it's better for you to suffer in silence than to add all of us. Hallelujah. Anyway, that's my father. But I'm telling that as hard as it was, when I got to the place where I was old enough and I knew something about the things of God and I knew that no, there's a certain prayer that I need from this man. To bless my life. So I need to have a better relationship with this man. So I went to him and now started talking to the man. I, are, you, are you understanding what I'm saying? At the point that now he started talking. Then at the point he was that, oh yeah, so this church thing, are you very serious about it? I said, yes, I'm very serious about it. 
then we started talking. Because he, he knew that I was now a pastor. I said, hey, this church thing, are you serious about it? And he said, oh, I used to be a choir, a choir star. I said, you? He <laughs> <laughs> said, I used to sing baritone. I said, hey. Why are you putting why are you putting my business out there? Who is that? That's my mother and my father. I don't know why you are putting that. Put, take it off before something bad happens to you. Whoever did that. Huh? No, 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 no. My father was about my mother was 19, and my father was about 30 something when they got married. I don't know why. Put that picture off. Where are we? Let me give you the next point so that you move. So you get to know somebody by listening to the person. Are you with me? You get to know by listening to the person. You get to know by questioning the person. See, one question leads to a lot of explanation. That leads to a lot of explanation. There are a lot of people who call me their pastor, but they've never ever been to my office. They've never come to sit. Meanwhile, there are some people, I remember once a guy decided that, oh, today I'm coming to hang out with you. I mean, he's a member of the church. I've never ever had more than five lines of conversation with him. But one day just came, knocked on my door, Came and said, today I want to come and hang out with you. I felt very uncomfortable. I said, who is this guy? <laughs> he said, I want to hang out with you. And he came to sit down. And we started talking. And you see, I am the type of person, if you come without a conversation, by the time you finish, we've been here for three hours. Because I'll bring some things for us to talk about. So, because he doesn't talk a lot. He's a very quiet guy. But for some reason, he said, today I want to hang out with you. So he came to hang out. So we started talking. So I asked him questions, then you talk. Then you ask me questions, then you talk. We, we, we talked about three hours. Then when he got home, he called, he called his girlfriend to call me and talk. And the girl also called. We talked about two hours. I've never met a girl from Adam. The girl is in America. We talked for two hours. He says, I want to be your friend. I want to be like your, your son. He said, yeah, why not? So you can force your way into God's Relationship. That's what I'm trying to get. Because this guy is naturally will not be mine. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I'm not, I'm a friendly person, but I'm not very friendly. Do you understand what I'm saying? But this guy said, I'm coming. And he came, he sat down. He said, today I have no agenda, I'm here. So, so let's talk. So we had to talk. And we talked and talked and talked. I wanted the guy to go. The guy said, I'm not leaving. And he, he just came back, says, I, I'm coming again. I said, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I said, Let's talk. That is how you weave your way into intimacy. Let's go to God. Say, today we don't have any agenda. I didn't come for anything. I just want to talk to you. I want to get to know you. That is how you start doing exploits. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because as you commune with God, you get to know him, and you get to know how to um, not just know him, but how to invoke him into your, 
Do you, do you know how to do that? You know, children can get their father to come into the fight. They will go and call a fight and get their father in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. So get to know him by observing him. I always say this, that you will never claim to know anybody until you can second guess them. What would daddy do if you were here? What would he say if he met the situation? How many understand what I'm saying? I mean, can you second guess him? Until you can second guess him, you, you are not intimate. You don't know him very well. There are some people here, in any situation, they can second guess what I will say. And like nine times out of ten, they'll be right. There are some people, they, they, they wouldn't know what I'll say. Because they don't have that relationship. Am I making sense? Yeah. yeah. When you can second guess what God's mind will be on any situation, because you have observed him for a long time, then you have a relationship. Then you can operate the power of God. Those who operate the power of God is, are those who can second guess God's wave. Sometimes people come that I am coming to heal the sick. Is God healing the sick here? Are you in in, in tan- are you in the same way with him? Can you smell him? Can you second guess what he's doing? Because Jesus said, I do what I see my father doing. Until he's doing it, I don't do. Because he had such a close relationship with him that he knew when he was about to heal the sick. Then he joins. He knew when he was about to raise the dead. Then he joins. Jesus never raised the dead everywhere he went. A lot of people, they go everywhere. Today, I'm coming to heal. Is he healing? Are you understanding what I'm saying? What is he doing? Do you know him to that point to know that there's a, there's a breeze of healing blowing? Recently, we, we had the, the camp with the, the whole church. I mean, as they started praise and worship, it was just not my prison. I knew I smelt it that this is, he's here and this is what he's coming to do. Those of you who were there, you remember? Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as it started, it was like, it was so easy because this is what he's doing. You can see it because you have a certain relationship, you can smell it. If you don't have a relationship, you move in the wrong way. You go and prophesy when he's healing. Or you go and teach when he's trying to deliver people. Because you don't know him that well. But they that know their God, they shall be strong. Hallelujah. And they shall do exploits. Stand to your feet. We'll continue next week.